Good for you. I love it. Yeah, I've been. I'm trying to get the balls to like get myself on camera more and do shit because I know that's the way now. It's tough. I think I can do it with golf. I'm big into like fuck crypto and finance and stuff. Are you? Yeah, like I know all about that stuff. So like, I taught him how to trade, and then um, and also like just business and like Paisani stuff, and then uh, we talked about doing also fitness and like like Paisani related, yeah, like a Paisani YouTuber, a Paisani fucking. Some sort so of we're channel. full, we're full swing so hard to do all that stuff. I know, I can imagine. Well, that's why I like. It's so much on our That's plate. why you kind of just need to like grind on the paisan, get it so that it can support having someone do that for exactly. you. Exactly. And then just have them do it. Or for like you. our goal is to like get somebody off the like get one of us off the truck, where like, not like one of us each day, but like have some more employees so that like if. One day I can go and just strictly get content. He can go and strictly get content. Yeah. Rather than like trying to do it as we go because we could get 20 videos in a day if we have someone doing that all day rather than like, all right, let's take a quick video before we open the window. And then we're opening <laughs> the window. That's what it's been like. Or yeah. we, we hired, um, you know, Malcolm Higgins? Yeah, yeah. So we hired him to do, him and his buddy to do some work for us. And they did, they did a, great a great job. job. But it's like, it's so expensive for if we're going to... If we're only making X amount of money exactly. in like a fucking year in profit, it's like how can you justify spending ten percent of that on, on marketing? Yeah, marketing is the hardest thing because I was a marketing major, so I understand. Like they tell us in our classes, they're like, listen, if you're not showing, the, you have to find the value you're providing and show that to them, yeah, it's or else you're losing everybody. Yeah. Because it, you can't see it's not tangible value. Our, like with what we do in like in the restaurant industry, whatever sandwich shops food trucks it's a lot of word of mouth like still even in this day and age like obviously you get more you get a social lot media of, is a form of word of mouth yeah, if, I no, send you, if i send you a exactly. dm with but like, for example just from natural organic posting like we paid for that one thing other than that we didn't spend one dollar on ad on, on marketing right other really? than like a little bit of money on like business cards that have a qr code that you can go right to our stuff well you i mean you could say like the business cards the tripods like Anything yeah, that like, we're making yeah, what, what, that's cool. like be less than a grand total. Yeah, yeah. Like, and how many followers you guys got? Like seven thousand. Yeah, seventy two hundred. So the thing that's is, fucking incredible. The, for not is, so the show money. helped out too with that. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. we'll get into that. <laughs> we'll get into that. When we hired them to do something for us, though, it was like perfect timing. We were like, all right, we want people who are coming from the show to see like the best version of our brand. So right. when. When they made all those videos and all the posts, like we had some really high quality photos and videos and everything, and it was great timing for us. But to continue that, it's like we can't justify spending more money on it because we're kind of we were kind of at capacity already. So yeah, it's like it's not bringing us day, more so like... business in a way. It's it's building our brand, but we can't we can't triple what we're doing during lunch because. We're, we're getting more followers on Instagram. If yeah. we had a storefront, it's different because... So it's the storefront that's kind of the blockade to the increase in, like... Well, yeah, you think, like, revenue. we're open... We go into the city for lunch, so it's, like... 99% of companies are eating lunch between, like, 12 and 1. Right. Somewhere around there. Maybe it starts at 12.30. Maybe it starts at 11.30. We're open from 11.30 to 2 because once 1.30 hits, 11.30 to 12... You get a few people that, like, people that know about us try to come at that time because they know, like, they'll be in and out. But then once 12 comes, it's like, there's the line starts forming. We got to be like, boom, 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 boom. 
And then once one thirty comes, there's nobody there. So right. it's like you can sit there all night and like make a couple extra a couple hundred bucks, but it's like with labor costs, food costs, everything. At the end of that, and like propane and all the all the costs associated, you're sitting there losing money technically. It's you, so fascinating. You know what I mean? It's so. Crazy. So it's like just get in, get out, make your sales for the day, and yeah, you might do five hundred more sales if you stay for another four hours, but then you're you just paid somebody. You just paid two people two hundred dollars combined, right. and you did five hundred in sales. Twenty percent of that's food cost, so a hundred of that's food cost, maybe more. Depends. Especially the way you guys make it, man. Well, the way <laughs> the thing about our product is that we make everything from scratch, other than the bread, like in the cheese, like we like. Yeah, but the you know, bread. But it's not the, like you skimp on the bread. Like you no, guys go get. The we pick it up bread. every day. You go get the bread. Well, I mean, dude, we buy wheels of Grana Padano cheese, which is like a Parmesan cheese from Italy, and we literally hand grade it. We could just buy a bag of Parmesan and just, you know what I mean? Yeah. That shit, it's fake shit. Like, yeah. we buy the real stuff, we grade it by hand. Like, my shoulder's literally hurting some days after. His too. Like, <laughs> I don't complain as much as he does. <laughs> Yo, it'll be like five minutes before I can go, Bomber, you want to take a break? <laughs> That's crazy, bro. Oh, when you tear your labrum, it's, it's, yeah. you can feel it. The labrum, grading that shit. Fucking the knee, the labrum, this fucking. Yeah, this guy's got fucking more <laughs> injuries. Just, just made a glass over there. That's oh, crazy. Yeah. I'm not really injury prone, so I don't really understand that. I'm just know. not. Like, when I go snow, like, I can't even snowboard anymore because I just. You just you just fall apart. No, I'm just like I'll do anything. Like my, <laughs> like I've never. I grew up in Blue Hills in in Canton. Like yeah. that's a tiny little bump. Yeah, it's yeah, not even yeah. a mile, it's not even a hill. It's a yeah. bump. Yeah, it's just and a we bump. fucking like I go up there and we just do the terrain park and race. So like, I was pretty good at snowboarding, but like never did like double blacks or anything. Yeah. And then like because none of my family skied or anything, so I like once once I started going to like big mountains with my friends, they'd be all my friends ski. Yeah. So they're like, oh, like we're hitting this double. Like, I don't know if you want to do it. I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> Next thing you know, I'm flying down Luna at 48 miles an hour, and I, you can't stop because if you try to stop, like you're you're gonna either you're gonna eat shit. Yeah. So I just Regular I just leg. bomb it, and then I'm like, holy shit! I thought I was gonna die, but that was awesome. Let's do it again. <laughs> and then I fucking fall, and like I went down a double black at Stowe, and I was I. I got off. It's right under the chairlift, and we were looking at it all day. We're like, dude, that thing's icy. Like, it was icy. It was, <laughs> it was like, icy. negative degrees. Like, it was yeah. icy and straight downhill. I'm like, screw it. I'll try it. So my boys, like, they're skiing. We go up. We go. One of them goes first. I go next. I'm going down, and, like, it's so steep that I'm trying to just, like, carve. So, like, I don't, I don't want to pick up too much speed. So I'm basically jumping, doing 180s in the air, just trying to slow myself down because you're going so fast. Yeah. And one of them, I was on my, like, front side, and I... I fell fell down like that. No, I fell down on my back, and I, the mountain goes like this, and it's like a cliff, probably a thirty foot drop into the woods. So I I'm sliding down, and I'm seeing my life before my eyes. I'm like, what the fuck is going on right now? So then I just like I'm like I gotta get out of this, and so I just I flipped my body over and dug my toes, and I was going so fast that when I, my toes caught, my body just sprung up, and I ended up going, and I just bombed it, and I was okay. <laughs> But, like, my buddy was behind me, and he literally, like, was going by me, and he couldn't slow down quick enough on his skis because it was so icy. And he was, like, he, like, actually thought I was flying off the mountain. <laughs> like, he's, like, we're going to have to go get the search party. So then I'm going back down. Then I get up and go, and he probably thinks I'm dead. So I'm behind him, and then I just see a cloud of snow and him just tumbling down the hill. <laughs> and I'm, like, that makes me feel a little better. Yeah. Jesus. Dude, I've never seen He was okay. Him. He was okay. I want to go, but, like, it's... It's like golf where, like, I just started golfing and I'm like, I probably spent friggin' $2,500 last year. Maybe more. <laughs> I was trying to do the math. I don't, I don't want to know. Like, there's certain yeah. things in life I'm like, 
I don't want to know how much money I spent. If I didn't golf or it's drink, it's too much. If I didn't drink, in, I don't drink that much anymore. But if I just didn't drink in college and I never golfed, I'd probably you'd be like Andrew know. Murphy, bro. I'd probably have a for me, honestly. Yeah, yeah, for me, yeah, yeah. Like I just, I we my friends were trying to get me to do the math on like how much I spent on golf in my life, and it's like it's absurd amount. It kind because like uh, you don't realize how much you invest into something when it's like oh, slowly over time. It's kind of yeah. like a like a subscription based service. Yeah, yeah. Like if someone asked you right now to spend like. What would that be like? Two hundred dollars on Spotify? Like maybe Spotify is a tough example because, or like Apple Music because you want music, obviously. Yeah. But like, when you hear it like that, like two hundred dollars every year, you're like, like Pornhub or something. And then paying. seriously, <laughs> imagine paying a monthly subscription for that shit. <laughs> you know what I always said for, about that? Uh, like, why aren't like? I feel like advertisers are missing out by not putting like a like a Call of Duty ad in front of a fucking porn. <laughs> <laughs> like I feel like that's a massive whiff on the boys. Like yeah. it's always other porn. It's like dude, I didn't click on. I, I already got my. I don't even like, like that stuff. <laughs> it's like it's some Show me elf. a GTA Six. Like, yeah, if it was GTA, maybe I'm like, yeah, hold on one second. Paisani, welcome, What's up, brother. Welcome to the podcast, officially. We're gonna. I might even keep that as the beginning. Fuck it. We'll just do the intro in the dead middle. Who knows? But uh, it's a little pre. Uh, yeah, just to let everyone know what you're getting into. Yeah. You know, like it's it's gonna be stupid. But <laughs> it'll be fun. So this has been a long time in the making. Oh yeah. Like a long, long time in the making. Too long. <laughs> a little too long. But it's it's good though, because I feel like you guys are at a bit of a like a dead point in the season, when it comes to your shit. And then on top of that, like I'm at a bit of a dead point. As well, because it's hard to find people in the middle of the winter to come and sit in the garage with me. Luckily, I got two guys that'll do that, you know? Yeah. So it's good that we can kind of get together and talk about everything you guys did. Plus, we are after the show. We get a little bit of experience with Paisan. I want to talk about all of it if you have, w w as long as we have time. So first thing I do want to talk about is the show, though, because I feel like while people may have watched the show and they knew you guys were, like, on it, like... And I know a little bit about the behind the scenes of like getting on it and like getting there and like having a like what you can and can't say to people while it's airing and stuff. But I want you guys to kind of explain like what was the process of getting on Paisani, of getting on the getting Paisani on the great food the truck great race. food truck race. How'd so, you do that? So we actually got reached out to by some like. We just, got a, we just got a message on Instagram from, like, a random account. And, and I was like, this is sus. It was like, it literally said, like, would you guys want to be on the great food truck race? We didn't answer for, like, two days, bro. And then but they I... had, like, 5,000 followers, and it looked like she was, like, a casting agent or something. So we're like, yeah, like, obviously. Well, I went back, but we've gotten messages like that before, and it's like, oh, you want to be, like, you guys want to be in this barbecue con competition in Kansas? And I'm like, all right, like, this is some bullshit. Like, I'm not <laughs> yeah. fucking, we're not, we're clearly not a barbecue truck. And so it didn't get answered for hey, like two I'm days. Smoke it off. <laughs> Not bad, of course. But then we went back to it, and we're like, "Oh shit! Like this is actually this could be legit." She was verified, and on like, had, so you checked her on like Instagram. Yeah, and she had like six thousand followers, and it was like a paragraph, and it was pretty much summed up to like, "You guys want to be on this Food Network show? Like, are you interested in an interview?" So you, so then you, you know, sits for two weeks, and then you guys are like. Yeah, we do. And then that's just kind of like the end of it. Like, yeah, so it's so like, all right. Well, so then she put us in contact with the production company. So the production company reached out to us. We did an interview, me, Tommy, and Ryan. It was like an hour long. And we just, it was basically like an interview casting tape that the, 
the production company would edit and then send to the send to Food Network and say, hey, do you guys want these guys? Yeah. You and could so probably do that job. Then we heard <laughs> yeah. back. Like, yeah, we probably. heard back like two weeks before we were going that we were in. Wow. And then so we packed up all our shit. We went and it was just, it was crazy. Well, this guy, Christian, was like, he was doing the interview and he's like, oh, you guys are at the top of my list. Like, I fucking love you guys. Like, you're mad funny. Like, you're perfect for this. It's whole great thing. when you have a guy like that's and, like pulling for you. Oh yeah, and he was the one doing all these interviews, and he's like, yeah, like I've done like a hundred of these now, and he's like, you guys are legit at the top of my list. And we're like, oh word, and then. We didn't hear back for like what a month and a half. Maybe not that long, but it, it was, was like, a while. It felt like five years. Dude. It was probably like two or three weeks. Yeah, and then and then there was another two or three weeks before we went, so we only had like a couple weeks to get ready, and like we brought like a couple little things to like to use in the truck. But they supplied most of the equipment and everything, um, and it was just a crazy experience. It was like everyone thinks it was just like it looked. It was it was so fun. Don't get me wrong, but it's like we got to get up at four thirty. Yeah. Meet in the lobby, go yep. to it. We had to meet at like a local CVS, like all the trucks and everything, get mic'd up, go out to the spots. Like we we rented a car for 10, 10 hours one day and like spent our own money on that to go find spots all around the city. We drove around for 10 hours, like finding spots. And then like they ended up, we couldn't go to some of them. It, it was tough. It was like, it was, it was honestly it was a, harder than what we do here. It was here, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I day mean, to day, makes, it was like sense. starting, trying to build a, a routine and, here. Ga- and gain instant reputation in a city that nobody knows you and you don't have any pull. Yeah, that's and also, we're in fucking California, yeah. bro, trying to sell fucking Italian, Italian food. <laughs> like it'd be easy if this competition was in the North End. Yeah. yeah. You know, you got something, you yeah. know, yeah. but like you're kind of, and then there was other teams that like already had like, fan bases out there people that had like full yeah like the hawaiian guys those guys listen they were awesome we loved them but like you would they would literally open their window and there'd be 50 people waiting outside because of instagram yeah oh, they were on netflix too and they were on netflix but they also had family in la so like and they, they were, were legends <laughs> yeah no like, they were like they were the best people ever like i would have done the same thing but it's just like we didn't have that pull you yeah. know and, and then the v the easy vegan they were awesome too great people but they they're from Denver, so they're a little bit they're West Coast, you know. They already had like eight thousand followers going into this, okay. So they had a lot of pull, and like you know, the vegan community in LA is probably the biggest in the country. Yeah, it was. So uh, it's like I thought about that too. I'm we, like these poor guys going out there trying to sell these like well, fucking just like we the drunken farm. We couldn't find a community out there. Like we tried, like we tried finding like, is there any like Italian neighborhoods like the North End, or is there any like neighborhoods where there might be more people that are like that would be tailored to like eat our food or want to help us or whatever. We called, like, a ton of coffee shops, espresso shops and stuff, and, like, trying to get outside of there and, and things like other people did. And we just couldn't find any. We didn't have any. Every time we called, it was like, yeah, like, we can't do that. Like, we don't know what you're talking about. Like, <laughs> we it was like, all right, like, what are we supposed to do here? Say, hey, dude, we're on the amazing, we're on the great yeah. food truck. Like, right I mean, now. we were out fighting for sales. Like, we're outside, <laughs> like, like grabbing everybody, and, like, half the people just blow you off. They're like, the, the two teams that made it to the finals, Kana and the Easy Vegan, they both found like a community there in the first like 24 hours it felt like you know what i mean yeah they would just go to the same spot every day and they so they were kind of set up for the whole um series of it yeah but i will say like the the easy vegan especially it's like they're i we all tried like a lot of the food like everyone there had good food but the easy vegan probably like in my opinion is like the most deserving of it Mm. they had like the most talent like food wise it was just like they made some crazy things like crazy like, they had like a carrot bolognese that was bomb 
Like, yeah. it was all vegan. I mean, it wasn't, you know, the Paisani food. I've oh, had the I Paisani mean, food. I mean, the Paisani on. food's ridiculous. <laughs> we're, just, we're just praising the vegans a little, like, yeah, come on. Yeah, they're vegan. But in the end, they're vegan. Like, what, yeah, how yeah, they the are vegan. Food be? Like, you know, well, they had a guy that brought a pig over to their truck. Oh, yeah, no you, yeah. And I think I said on camera, like, uh, what did I? I was like, I, mean, I, was like, like I got some bacon. We got some bacon for him. <laughs> Is that Biggie bacon? That's but, so sick, dude. But uh, yeah, no, I, it's it was it was a great experience. Like, I mean, we got to meet Mookie Betts. That was sick. Yeah, that's that. We got sick. to meet, hang out with Tyler Florence, and get some feedback from him. When this brother goes, it's a little dry. <laughs> First week though. Everyone just starts shitting on us. Like the fucking <laughs> yeah. vegans are like, yo, that yeah. fucking dry ass chicken sandwich for fucking fourteen. Yeah, like, yo, what was that about? I felt like it was like an all-out attack on the paisan. It, it honestly felt right watching it though, because it's like it's it. we're from Boston, so it's like, you know, everyone, everyone. Oh, well, we're from Medford, excuse me. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Sorry guys. We're, we're oh, fucking, yeah. but like we're the fucking Boston team, so like it just felt like we're like those gritty people, like trying to. You know, yeah. everyone's against us. Make your way up against yeah. like, the the crowd. That's what it kind of felt like on the show. I mean, watching it, there was a fucking uproar in my house when, when the guy goes, it's dry. Too, and he said, it was dry. <laughs> my dad was like, it was not dry. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> he was like, did he even have the arancini? I was like, I don't well, know. No, it was funny because like, even the like watch. executive producer and like some of the other producers, we like we had to make a few, a few of them, like one for pictures, one for the show, like the show yep. and stuff. So they... The executive producer even came up to us after and was like, that sandwich was... He ate it, like, after the whole shoot. Really? And it was still sitting there, and he's like, that was incredible. <laughs> and it was, like, three hours after we made it. It was just sitting there, probably building bacteria. And he was <laughs> like, that was incredible. And, I, and that was pretty cool. Dude. Nah, the drunken parm. I'm, like, full on. Like, we juiced it up honestly, a little on the show, too. Like, we had a little fried bajou. Probably, like, the best right sandwich it's probably the best sandwich, like, I've ever had. <laughs> well, life. thank you, bro. Yeah. Like, you. I've had, because, you know, like, around here, sneaky, especially Medford specifically, there's a lot of, like, places you can get a good chicken pot. Oh, yeah. You know, like, a, you can go to Bob's, you can go to, like, Lakash's and get a good steak tip and cheese. You know, there's, like, that type of sub is everywhere. And I know, I know a good fucking sub. Lakash's they're all is Pantadosi. Good, dude. They're Lakash's all Pantadosi rolls. They're all, like... They all use like not the, these spots, bro. Well, no, all the Kashas. Yeah. The Kashas Kashas is good. Nah, Bob's is the same way though. Like they're using the seeded braided rolls. Like, yeah. Yeah. dude, in the around here, but, like I love Dom. Like, I'm not saying I don't like it. I love that shit. Like I yeah. grew up eating that. Like Dom's, I love Dom's, but they yeah. like their steak tips are bomb. But like you can get any sandwich here, it's gonna be good. But it's all like a like it's just we use like the panko breadcrumbs. We season them. I was gonna say what makes what makes the drunken parm. It's just the we do everything parm. from scratch. We buy the chicken breast, we trim it, we make sure. There's no tendons or fat or anything on it because my word, like, not that, like, that's a, like, it's a piece of chicken. Like, sometimes you get a little chewy bite or whatever. But, like, growing up, if I had a sandwich or Chipotle and I get, like, a chewy piece, I'm just like, it turns me off a little. Spit that yeah. shit out. Yeah. Well, no. <laughs> and then I mean, you're like, I can't even finish this sandwich. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. So it's like, we try our best to make sure, like, a lot of places, like, it, it, it might take us an extra 30 minutes to cut that chicken for that day just to make sure it's all perfect. But right, we want every bite to be like it's a great. fucking experience. So every bite's an yeah. experience. We, I mean, we put in the t we put in the time. We make everything from scratch. We, I mean, from blending the tomatoes ourselves to to grating the cheese, grating the cheese the exactly to breading the cutlets to cooking everything on the truck rather than like cooking it and bringing it. Like we're we're not like a scoop and serve type of truck, which that's fine. But it's just not our model. It's like we want to bring the freshest. Like, what would I make at home? And like, I how want can to I serve that to the customer? Yeah. So the way I think about it is like, 
like he's talking about like all these things we do to try to separate ourselves from everyone else and in cooking i feel like it's a labor of love right so mm-hmm. like however much love you pour into it how much time it takes it's like that is the outcome that you get and that's what the customer wants to eat at the end of the day and that's the best possible product so what i think about it is like i, I don't know if it's the same for you guys but like growing up i'm one of four so my mom would be cooking right and then, you know, one day, it's Tuesday, she just drove us all the fucking three baseball games, Little League, and she puts together, like, you know, a little rice dish with some ground beef or something, and we're like, we used to grade her food, bro. So we'd be like, <laughs> my father would be like, C minus, <laughs> Mikey, like, ah, give it a B. I'm like, F. <laughs> and then, dude, like, on Sunday or something, she'd be, like, making a homemade sauce, fucking in the kitchen for like 10 hours dude mm-hmm. like a plus a plus <laughs> it's like it's really how much like love and time you put yeah. into it you yeah I mean? and that's why like you know those like i think of like my grandma she was she's you know she's from from italy i think sicily actually i gotta be specific but she's <laughs> she's sicilian but she yeah so but don't tell her that i mean well, like, <laughs> re- well rest in peace but don't, don't tell her that when she was kicking so she'd make like these like you know, she'd spend all day. Like, you know, you're, you guys have seen, like, the fuck. I don't know if you guys have the grandmothers yourself that, like, have 4,000 cans of so- sauce. And, like, they, they'd made it, like, months before. Like, you know, they're making the pasta themselves. Like, everything, it's like a month-long process. on Christmas. We'd make, exactly. like, a couple hundred And something, of, and it's incredible. It's yeah. always so good. And I think, you know, a piece of that's, like, kind of, like, um, driven by, like, the heart. Like Yeah. Yeah, like. They worked for, but it's also like the food's just fucking better it when is. you make it like that. So it's like it's both. It's like you really feel like More, they put their yeah. time into it and it's good. You know? Well, that's what that's what we try to do. And like we we're big on like quality control. Like we want to make sure. Like I'm, I bet there's people that have gotten a sandwich that wasn't perfect from us, and like Doubt. I'm hoping it's still <laughs> enjoyable. But like sometimes you get you get a piece of chicken that's not as tender, or you get or like it, it might like. The bread might break a little while we're wrapping up the sandwich or something. Like, stuff happens when mm-hmm. you're going quick. But we try to ensure, we try to put in systems that, like, we ensure everything is, like, coming out the same so that when you come back and get that same, like, I've gone to places and, like, even Kava. Like, I go to Kava, I get a good meal one day, I'm like, that was bomb. And then the next time, like, I literally, we went a couple weeks ago, I loved it. And then I went the other night and I was like, this is ass. <laughs> yeah. Like, like it's just like sometimes it's it. So I don't want that to happen to us. Is Kava the like the Greek Chipotle? Yeah, it's honestly yeah. fire, bro. I so go it's to good, but like here. sometimes you get like I did go too. Like one time though, Woburn, they had this like lamb meat, right? And it's shredded lamb. And it's like cooked down and everything. And then I went one time and the lamb looked fucking terrible. And I was like, yeah, let me get the lamb. And then he started pulling it up. I'm like, actually no. Nah. I go, <laughs> I go, who made that? Like. Someone like new working in or something. Well, you know they're not gonna put as much attention and care into it when it's such a big corporation like that. Like they're they're a public company. They're trying but to. The guy the guy said to me, he's like, yeah, like they fucked that shit up today. He's like, I wouldn't go. He's like, stick with the chicken, bro. I was like, all right, word. Yeah, I um. I feel like another thing with you guys is food. This is my I, my biggest complaint with with Paisani. I took down a drunken parm. Yep. I didn't fucking move the rest of the time. <laughs> Is there any well, remedy for eating a drunken bomb? Eat half now, save half later. <laughs> yeah. That's what we tell everyone because it's you're paying for a sandwich, but it's You're paying for your night. You I mean, me and my dad, we we you're on or I brought up. You can get two meals. It was our first time going. 
or maybe my second time, but I brought my dad for the first time, and I was like, and he just parked, he's like, go get it for him. He's like, leave, leave him a tip. And I was like, all right, so I leave you guys Give a tip. Give him a five spot. <laughs> Seriously, he's like, spot those guys five, they work hard. Like, something like that. <laughs> Classic, always someone working hard. Yeah, like, yeah. And uh, so I get him, you know, and like, you guys, you, I forget, I think it was Mike was working the truck, he was like, you gotta get the Iron Chini too. I was like, Fuck, it's killing your tip, but fine. <laughs> and then so I take uh, take the food. We go back to the house. We sit on the couch. Huge mistake. Yep. <laughs> Put on the golf. Yeah. Huge mistake. And then um, Disease kicking. we just slowly start mucking, right? <laughs> and we ate the arancine on the way home, no cap. But we, we start mucking this food. And Jim Nance is just <laughs> speaking to me in the background. We All of a sudden, like four hours went by. Me and my dad woke up. We were like, what the fuck? I think you felt great after. Yeah. yeah, I felt like a million dollars, but it was eight p.m. and I didn't one thing that day. Didn't eat the rest of the day. It's the most. That's what to me. That's a great meal. Like yeah. that's like that's what I want to eat. That's when I, I grew eat. up. Sundays like we're like eat let's and go. Die. Yeah, let's go. Let's eat and let's just unbuckle Veg the belt, yes. chill. Yes. Everyone's falling asleep. Yep. And you know. So like we try to offer some lighter options and stuff too. Like if you eat a caprese, you're not gonna like. Yeah, it. you're, you're not gonna feel like that. You're, if you eat like the Hogan, you're not going to feel like yep. it. But with the drunken, it's like you got heavy cream in that sauce. You got moths. You got grana padano. You got fried cutlets. Yeah. It's, it's fat heavy. piece of bread, too. But yeah. When you oh. take a bite of that thing, mm. like, oh, it's so dead good. Serious. I haven't had it in a while. I, I'm dead serious. Like, it's the best one I've ever had. Because with other places, like, like you, I'd say the quality of, like, the, the, the materials is, like, similar at Bob's. But I feel like, I don't know what the fuck, they, like, don't make it with as much, like care about proportions and like like it's just like well, a lot of perfect amount of bread like, and cheese i don't know if bob's like breads their own cutlets or not they do yeah but uh it's good stuff a lot of places they just, use it's like, so sloppy now you know it's yeah fell off a bit. also fell off. i like a thin cut like a sandwich cut like a Total. chicken palm cutty like if i'm making a tray of chicken palm i like it thin still but like if i go to a restaurant i don't mind if it's a little thicker yeah i'm yep. eating it like with a fork and knife but when i get in a sandwich I want it to be like almost like translucent. Like yes, I, yes. I like it. That's like, so exactly. I like it. a little meat in some pieces, but I don't mind if I get a bite that's like almost tastes like it's just like crunch. Oh yeah. Because that adds texture to it, and it's it just like I call them sandwich cutties. I just think they're. I make them a little different. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm cutting them like they're almost like the chicken breast hey, almost see through. <laughs> almost see through the translucent. But then, but then, but then, guess what? We fuck. We bread them up. You, we can load three or four of them on there, and then you got like a stacked sandwich. Yes. A great cross section. But it, when you bite it, it's not like you're like pulling it apart. It's like you're biting through that thing, it's and exactly it's just it's it an easy mouth feel, and just. It reminds me of like give it, you guys uh, go to Tessie's and. I have, I have it, bro. the burger bar. No, no. Oh, nah, the roast beef, the roast beef oh, joint. Dude, I haven't. You been. haven't been? There. Nah, it's crazy. Bro, what? Is it Andover? I didn't it's know in about it, bro. Oh. Well, I was in you Lowell. didn't yeah, know about no, it. I the think whole I have been there. I haven't been. Dude, this Do Merrimack kids go there? This beef, yeah. Pro- yeah. This beef, dude. Yeah, this beef is ridiculous. Yeah. It's huge. And that, talk about super being beef. out cold. This is the super beef. I love that shit. I've eaten two. I could eat five eaten super beefs, bro. Like, actually. No. Nah. Well, actually, we went to the Alamo that time. What did we get? Two beefs and two gyros? Yeah. I put, down, gyro? I put down a super beef in like 45 seconds, bro. They like, just melt. Well, that's true. You can eat them fast, but I'm telling you, I eat. Like, your brother eats. Yeah. Like, we eat. Mike's never done two. I did two one time, almost fell apart. Yeah. Like, I, I almost wasn't, I'm happy I'm here today because of whatever the fuck I was doing that day. Because I had one and a half, and the other person won one and a half, but then they didn't have the other half, and I was like, let's make history. And I picked it up. You know, but like, when, once you pick up a sandwich, for me, I you don't put it back it down. down. No. 
Burrito. Can't. What's nah, that? I, I literally I'm like, don't I'm like, at all. Put it down for like a second. Take a sip of water, and I'm right back. Yeah. Here. Also, yeah. anyone who has like the fries or the chips first is crazy. That's I'm, I'm crazy. I'm a, sometimes I do though if I know I'm gonna finish the whole thing. Does that make sense? Well, I, I do like sometimes <laughs> not, I'll not take. To me, I usually go bite of the sandwich, couple of chips, bite of the sandwich, and depending, like I'm not gonna put chips on the chicken pond, but if I have any cold sandwich, chips. any fucking load it load it with chips That's 100% what, our next truck we want to do a deli truck so it'd be like a you walk up to the window it's like you can customize a sandwich what like almost like a deli like do you what, what we're gonna have slicers on the truck and it's gonna be potato chips and sandwiches that's it and it's gonna be like we're gonna have an option where it's like do you want to add your chips to your sandwich let's just say the cello special that's fine <laughs> the cello let's say um money's not a barrier let's keep this in reality somewhat but let's say money's not a barrier What's That's like unrealistic, but yeah, I, know, I know. Like, let's keep That's like the only barrier the breadth of it in reality. Yeah. But like, you know, that, let's just keep that out of the equation. What would you guys want to do, like, with the Paisani truck, with the new truck? Like, what's like the next step, the step after? What's like the end goal? I want to know like what like the perfect route is if like the money all added up. So you know? we want to we want to get into developing more trucks, but the only way to do that is to get into our own space. So. Depending on where you are and like what you do, the truck business can be more profitable, like in terms of profit margins and everything. But so we want to get into a storefront first. That's the goal. We're starting to plan that out now to try to be in a storefront by 2025. Even if that store is not necessarily like open seven days a week or whatever, like yeah. we have the truck to supplement the income. Would and it then, be like the Paisani yeah. store? Yeah. All right. Imported Italian goods, pre-made foods. Like, um, there's a place in Canton called Alfredo's. They it was started in Quincy, but you can walk in there and you can get like cavatelli's. Like in the freezer section, they have like cavatelli's, lasagna, chicken palm, like already made. And like a lot of people go. Lola's. There, Lola's does stuff. a good job of that. You know, yeah. Lola's. I don't, I don't. So it probably wouldn't be like a. It probably wouldn't be like a, it, would, it would depend on like our kitchen setup, but we'd have to we'd have to see. It's all about the space because if you're doing that, you got to have like a whole little factory in the back doing that yeah. stuff. So it's like. We, we need a kitchen that's going to be able to support a storefront open, let's say, nine hours a day, like 11 to 7 or something, or mm -hmm. 8, that we're doing sandwiches, imported goods, pastas. Um, so we want to expand the menu a little bit. It's not going to be crazy like a Greek pizza joint where you have a five-page menu and you can get anything. Yeah. That shit pisses me off. Small menus bro. is the key. But Small this is the thing. Is like, th those places, they're fine. I don't mind. Like, I'll grab a chicken Caesar wrap or whatever. But... The amount of product they're putting out and the amount of space they're in, it's impossible to make everything from scratch. Yeah. Because it's just, you can't. It, it, so they're buying they're buying chicken tenders from Cisco and then throwing marinara sauce that they're buying. Not all of them. I'm just saying, like, oh, yeah. a lot of the generic, you know what I'm talking about. If you, you have a massive Everyone menu. knows what kind of joint I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, we so, used to go to this place, G&G's Quick Bite in Lowell. Yeah. Uh, it's actually just in Drake. And it's yeah, just I know that place. It's Dude, fucking you get a, the menu's, you know, <laughs> menu's forever. It's a 150-item yeah. menu. You but get you get the raw cow's own 90% of the time. <laughs> you, can get a, you can get a salmon. Yo, that's crazy, bro. I'm like, Don't tell me you did that. I'm telling what I will tell you <laughs> Yo. is it's an interesting taste at 3 a.m. But it's <laughs> you can get anything you want and get fucking whatever. And I'm and me in my mind, I'm like, this has to be money laundering because <laughs> there's no way you can store, buy, and get all this stuff properly. You yeah. know. So we probably do like a a, men, a a menu with like 10 sandwiches. We'd probably rotate them sometimes. We'd probably a couple do like, pastas or something. Yeah, create your own. Like this is place in Jackson Market we went to in LA a lot when we were there, and they you just fill out a piece of paper and you check off boxes of what you want. We'd probably do something like that. That's We'd fine. love to make our own bread. 
That's something we'd love to do, but you know, you need a bread oven. You need, you need a one baker. Guy, you need one guy on there. Yeah. You need someone on there twenty four seven. Yeah. So it's like it's hard to do, and you need you need a legit walk in bread oven that you just put racks of dough and that you're cooking. But we that's sounds what, crazy. That's what we want to do. I mean, that'd be fire though. So like a Jersey Mike's that's an attraction itself. Like a Jersey Mike's esque type of place, but with like more like imported goods and like just a little bit more freshness and like. Like I said, like there's always gonna be fresh cutties and stuff like that. And then just like a bunch of trucks, kind of like like rooted so, off of it. Is what, yeah. So the, the whole point is like it needs to be able to like we need to be able to grow out of this place. So the goal is to get into a place like this, and then we can like start to develop more trucks. Mm. So it has the space to support two, three trucks, and then we can you know if we have to get a second storefront or just a place that we fucking start prepping food out of. And that's something we do five, six years down the road, and we yeah. can continue. When you to have that three way. more trucks, a new a storefront that's pretty successful, and then you know you got a lot more like I guess brand recognition too that yeah. way, and then you can you could support a four truck because if you guys had four trucks right now, I mean low key you might be able to fucking pull it off if you had enough people, but like in terms of like people coming to your truck, but like you want to make sure that enough people know about and want Paisani yeah. to where. But I wonder in the food truck space, like. How important is it that like someone like knows and wants Paisani specifically as opposed to like just having a good design truck and just someone walking by it and being like that's I'll try it. It's actually crazy how in Boston at least it's definitely not this way in like LA or Florida like because the food truck scene out there is huge. In Boston there's only like 20 30 food trucks. Yeah. And not even not even really there, there are but like there's like 10 main ones that like are regularly show up to all these places like the greenware so but if you like people know who you are before they get there 90 percent of the people do that and then interesting we worked yeah, it on um, it's not like it's not like typical street vending where it's like oh i'm walking by i'll grab something quick no. it's like it's like okay we know they're open these hours we're going there today we get a ton of calls are we going to be open today it's like a restaurant we worked yeah. at city hall dude because it's specific spots in boston we That's were, true. We worked at City Hall, and there was thousands of tourists that walked by us every single day. They None of them stopped. We were like, oh, this spot could be good. It was like our first day there. There's so many people walking by. Like, this is going to be awesome. They Nobody stopped. Their... They know where they're going. They have an itinerary. Like, everyone's on their way to Faneuil Marketplace and fucking get saving the that money for a, a North with End the bozos dinner. bozos who fucking put the Sharpie writing on your hat or something. Yeah, What's that place called? I don't know. It's like uh, Moby Dick's. Moby, uh, is that what it nah, is? Dick's, <laughs> Dick's last resort. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that's it. Bro, they're <laughs> fucking Dick's, my Dick's on his last resort. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Anyway. Oh, not yeah, on. it's, uh, <laughs> Boston's crazy for food trucks because it's just like, <laughs> there's specific spots. We get to, like, people don't understand, too. Like, we got to pay, like, 10% of our revenue to go to these spots right yeah so it's like wait of the revenue or like is that just like a ballpark of all no it's no. like of all 10% sales. of it goes to them yeah just bingo to so it's like you think you look up if you looked up on google right now the average margin of a food truck it's like 10 percent. interesting average so it's like yeah i i don't think i honestly think we could go up in our prices if we wanted to but just because we try to charge them the most competitive price we can 
because we want to, we want we don't want people to feel like they're overpaying for something. Yeah. But with the amount of food you're getting and everything and all the Dude. labor that goes into it, like Lagrasse probably puts just as much time into each sandwich, and they're charging like thirty bucks. I get it; they have a bigger reputation. How much is a sandwich even at? At, at at the Paisani truck, like how much is like a like, typical sandwich? I, I, I right I now, like sixteen fifty yeah. for a drunken. Yeah, dude, you can sixteen you can nineteen bucks. Well, that's not like you I'm, can nineteen fifty that. No, I mean, you can nineteen fifty that bitch you could easily nineteen fifty that. <laughs> well, but it's just like you, dude, at the end me, of the year, difference between sixteen fifty and nineteen fifty, it doesn't exist. Yeah. I'm giving you guys twenty regardless. Well, basically. that's well, that's what we talked about, and it's like <laughs> we don't want to like be. We don't want to be screwing people over just because they like our food and then we know they're going to buy it. But we, at the same time, it's like we got a business that we need to we need to create higher margins because, like, at the you, you work your ass off and, like, we're doing okay. Like, we're profiting. But it's – by the end of the year, you're like, holy shit. Like, I thought we were going to have more. Like, you yeah, know, we did like, all just, that work. That's just how business is. But then you get tax write-offs and stuff so that it counters. Yeah, we went to here. We did this. There's we did also all this marketing. So and much, this is how much we so many expen- like So we, many like, costs 20, that come up. Bring on the third guy. What, what, what do you yeah, guess like, our monthly expenses are during a busy season? I'm, I don't even want to insult you guys with a guess because I have no <laughs> just fucking take, idea. Like, just think about it. Like, take I, a guess. <laughs> fuck. Monthly expenses? Yeah. Average, yeah. During the busy season. Guys... Just take a guess. You're in sales, like. I know, but I'm not. I, just throw throw a number about, out there. Think about what we do. Just throw a number. All right. How many guys? You, how many t- days are you guys out it's and like about? Four days every week. Four days Some every days, week. Sometimes five. Sometimes six. Sometimes less because the truck goes down or something. Shit, dude. This is adding up mentally. <laughs> I don't like this number. I'm about to spit. Ten grand. <laughs> yeah. Twenty-five thousand. <000. laughs> And that's so, like we we're just starting out, so it's like And that's like know. average. So it's like some months are more, some months are less. Sometimes we have to pay ten grand to get the truck fixed. Yeah. So, I was so just it's thinking like, that too. You gotta have money on hand and you it's like we don't pay ourselves that much because we need to have money to available to fix these things and to to to, to do these things. So it's like being a young entrepreneur, especially in the food business, is not easy. Yeah. It's no. a grind. But like we're trying to like like there's a book I read called E Myth and it's like when you when people that start businesses work in their business, they get drained and then it ends up most of the time not succeeding because they're working so much in it and on it. So it's like we're trying to be more like obviously to start you got to grind like we Got don't it. mind grinding like mm-hmm. we're we're still yeah. working on the truck and shit. You guys work, but if we want to grow and have a storefront and in two tr- and say we have three storefronts like we're North Shore, South Shore, Boston, and then like three trucks. Mm. There's no way we can all we can. So I, let me just cut my body in half. <laughs> yeah. yeah so we're trying to get better at like working on the business. So we 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 do like weekly meetings and like just come up with things that we can do to like come up with processes and systems that would be easy to train people and like figuring out how, okay how can we go find people to work and like find reliable people and how can we train them to do what we do and produce at the efficiency that we do because when, we're, when me Tommy and Ryan on the truck. We're gonna make more money than if three random people are on the truck. Hundred like, percent. Not random people, but say we hire three new people, train them. Oh, after a month, we send them out on the truck because it's just one. We have more passion for it because we it's ours. Mm-hmm. So like we're like let's get this out quick. Let's make sure everything's good. Like, like I mean, there's been times where I I just get a chicken cutlet and it just feels a little thick to me, and I just have a weird intuition and I cut it in half and it's just like the tiniest little sliver of pink and I throw it out and I go we need more chicken because. I the, my worst fear is like serving somebody raw chicken. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That's so that's also why we thing. like to cut it thin. Yep. But so you know, it's like if someone that we just trained for a month, we would try to train that into them. 
but you you go to Chipotle, you go to all these places, like you see these bozos yeah, sometimes. Like, but that's why it's so important to build a culture. So it's like when which you is, when you take on people, like we try. Tommy quit his job to work with us, and Tommy is he's the, the man. man bro. He is the nicest guy. guy you know what I mean? So yeah. it's like. He was literally is. one of the best dudes I've ever met in my life. Yeah, aside from five minutes earlier every time. <laughs> aside from like anything, like anything to do with the food truck or the business, like Tommy's literally fucking he's, one of the best people in the whole world. Yeah, yeah. Right? So it's an easy. But thought. we're not gonna have, we're not gonna have the luck of having ten Tommies for our next ten employees. You right. know, we actually got Murph coming on with us. Yeah, I mean, uh, talk so, about, I mean, so talk about good guys, close, right? You know? Murph no, coming on. Every, everybody that's worked for us has done an unbelievable job, and you know, all we really care about at the end of the day is the obviously the product, but like more importantly, it's the people that work for us because if we. I've worked many jobs. I've worked two jobs at once. If I dreaded going there or didn't like my boss or what, it was just a terrible, it was just, it's life sucked. Yeah. So it's like, we want to make sure anybody that's working for us, one is being compensated financially enough where that they feel comfortable doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Two, like. They want to be a part of something. Exactly. Because like, they, they also. Be a part of it. They have a say in everything. Like yeah. Tommy, we have Tommy in these meetings. He has a say in everything. Like he's coming up with new sandwiches right now. He's. We, we try to give him tasks to, like, work more, like, on the managerial side of things so that when we do expand, he can, like, run a truck on his own. Mm. And that's kind of a goal, too, that mm. we're working up to. And then it's hopefully, like, a guy like Murph. We can get him to that same space. Yeah. And then we build a team where it's like, okay, we're the directors. Now, we're delegating roles to other people, just like any business. That you know are good, too. Exactly. And, but that's the thing, like, I know you're saying, like, the odds you're going to run into 10 Tommy Southwick's is slim. But with, like, the network that you guys have... It's like it's not the craziest ask. Like I know Tommy Southwick's no. uh, an anomaly of a human, and even within our circles of people. But like, think about like you know you're telling me that if if Paisani wasn't going great, you don't have Mike Palmer as a worker. Oh yeah, I've, I've, yeah I'll have that, him in a couple of years. That's a guy. Like yeah. Mike's a fucking worker. Oh, no yeah, one works as he diligently is, yeah. as he does, and I've met everybody. And no one, <laughs> no one does what he does. Facts. He's a beast, and he's also like super reliable. And I think that like you have a group of guys that you could like slowly pick off as like yeah. as you grow. You have to find something that equals their opportunity, or at least is like maybe a better alternative. Well, like yeah. Tommy, you know, you had an alternative that was appealing. Like Mike's a fucking nurse. Yep. Yeah, you can you and he you know loves it. But, like, you can find it. You can get it. Hey, yeah, he only works three days a week. He's got four from Python. <laughs> yeah, true, true. But, like, you can make it appealing enough where he doesn't yeah. even have to do it. Yeah. And then I think there's other guys, too. Like, even the guy like like Scotty, who's ridiculous. Yeah. But he's great with people. Yep. So good at meeting people. Like, if you need someone to go to, like, an events for you, like, yeah. you got another guy. I so I feel like with the network you guys have built as, like, your friends – you'd be shocked at how many of them are actually good enough. And and talk about being invested in a brand. The brand is you two. No one's more invested in you two than your friends already are. Yeah. That's why, like, to- I got Tommy so committed with this, even though, like, maybe with something else, like, you might we might think that he's a lock all the time, but maybe with something else, he was like, Who, I don't even give a fuck about this. this yeah. is, I don't give a fuck about this brand. You guys are the brand. So it's, I don't know. I think that this, like, that whole concept, like, getting 10 guys like, like Tommy, it's hard, especially as you get bigger and you need... 20, 30, 40, I think your base is going to be so fucking solid it is. in a couple Agreed. years. I, I think it's more so like when you do run into people down the road that you have part-time workers, kids in yeah. high school, it's like whatever job you worked in high school, did you... 
did you love what you did? Like, did you care about what you were doing? So, like, I was at the house. So, <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I was tired when, when you're there, like personally, like I love working at sales for the longest time. Yeah. And then it's like, I worked my fucking ass off in there. Yeah. And like, I tried to do everything the right way. And on our truck, we're trying to have it so that people care about our product, about our brand and like the, the way things are to the customer so that like they're going to fucking work their ass off for us. And the only way they're going to do that is if they think that we care as much about them as they should care about our product. Right. You know right. what I mean? And yeah, and that, like obviously like we have a great base of friends that have been helping us and everything, but there's going to become a point, like you said, when we start scaling where it's like, we might have to post on Indeed and we're going to have to hire people based on interviews. And it's mm-hmm. like, I'm a pretty good judge, like a judge of character for people, but you never know. Like you get that person that might, you don't know what's going on in their life either. They could be maybe skimming some off the top and out of the cash drawer or right. something like that. Like just little things, but not even just that. It's like, you have to take care of your people. I, I like, I know I read another book called, um, uh, 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 it's something hospitality. Why can't I think of the name? Uh, I know what it's about talking. 11 Madison Park, the restaurant in, um, okay. in unreasonable, in, hospitality. unreasonable hospitality. And so it's all about like, it's a Michelin star restaurant. They turned it into a Michelin star restaurant and it's all about just taking care of your people because you got to make sure that you're like, that's the biggest investment. Like one labor costs is, is one of the, our biggest expenses, but it's not just an expense. It's an investment because we're investing in Tommy's future with us mm-hmm. and the, just whatever whatever knowledge we can bring to him or he can bring to us like he's working at a restaurant right now part uh for the winter and he's mm-hmm. bringing back he's taking notes for us because like you know we, i never worked in the kitchen so i don't know really like, you never worked in the kitchen no, i've watched every youtube video i could to like learn <laughs> yeah. about it yeah. but no i never worked in a kitchen in my life and we just started making sandwiches and selling them but like to to get the more to get the little nitty-gritty details of like a french style kitchen to like make our processes easier or or anything like th- these kind of things that he's gonna bring to the table for us as well are insane. Like he's he's a smart kid and he's a wicked hard worker. He he'll work for us and then go work there at night and like and he's like yeah. so invested and so that we're trying to make it to a point where we can have everyone's not gonna be as invested. Other people have things going on in their lives. Yeah, some people are just looking for part time work and that's fine. But, like, when you are working, you want those people to be, you know, present and and they want the best for your product yeah. and your company. And, like, make sure that, like, they're locked in on, like, the, the same goal that you guys got. Yeah. Like, yeah. To, to grow and, like, to make sure that, like, you're providing the best service. And, and if it's a growth opportunity for them that's going to help them get to a career that they want down the road, mm-hmm. then that's totally fine. Like, if they want to be, you know, a manager at some hedge fund firm or something yeah. and they're they're in college and they're looking for part-time work and they want to start learning about the manager side of things and it's like okay in a couple of years from now hopefully we can have something that quite a hedge fund yeah, <laughs> yeah. what well, i mean that was a fucking that was a bizarre example <laughs> yeah but like that was the first thing that came but, to well, my mind like think about it like with you guys or like with myself i guess is a different example because you guys actually work in like food so i was gonna say you with sal's but like me with like salvatore's I was not great at the job. I worked really hard, obviously, because I just like, 
the habits I was trying to build towards. Like I had other goals. I, there's no world where I end up in a restaurant. That's never going to be my thing yeah. unless I own it accidentally. But like the, uh, like I'm not going <laughs> to end up. Accidentally. <laughs> yeah, it's that much pain. That's a big no. accident. Yeah, I know. But like, you know, I'm not going to like, that's just never my goal. But I gave it everything I had because I had other goals that drove me. Yeah. So if you can find people that are very goal oriented, even if it's not Paisani yeah. or, or, or restaurant related, it's like even if you're like means to an end, like if they're gonna yeah. get to that end, like you might as well be part of their process. Yeah. You know? But it's like you know grind. we're gonna have to like if we open a storefront, we're gonna need like probably six six or seven people in there in the Local kitchen people. at all times yep. because we're gonna have to be prepping for the truck. We're gonna have to be we're gonna have to be prepping for the storefront, making sandwiches, having someone on the cash register, you know. So it's like we're gonna have to hire people that we don't know. So it's like you gotta do the interview process, hire them, and then you gotta try to get them to stick around. And doing that. To do that, I think you just have to take care of them. Like, I've always, like, I'll throw some extra cheddar to my, our people. The cheddar. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, chad. like, I'll throw a couple extra bucks or round up or whatever if I know that they're working hard. Like, if I see somebody slacking off and, like, give if, or if anyone, luckily we haven't had this, but, like, if I'm getting any attitude or anything, like, I'm not going to, like, pay them less. But it's, like. You're counting I, to the cent. <laughs> but if I see, but if I see somebody that's, like going out of their way to make sure that the service is better or to make sure I have no problem like giving them extra money for what they're doing as like a little bonus just like, like if I like at the jobs I worked I used to bust my ass and like Blue Hills Country Club I worked there forever and they would let me play golf all the time because I worked my ass off they let me play golf all the time I could bring three friends two mm -hmm. cards we go play it was unbelievable it was like I had a membership I canceled my membership in my other course because I Basically, the membership there. That's sick. And I was making like 15 bucks an hour but in tips. So I was making decent money there too with tips. And um, eventually, they got bought by a, co a concert golf comp corporate company. They brought in a ton of new members. They were all like young families, didn't tip, didn't know how to golf, tore up the course, and it just went to shit. And like the whole – I ended up not being able to play till like 5.30, and then half the time I wasn't even allowed to. Yeah. I could. I didn't have all the privileges I had before – and that ruined the experience right for me. It, it, I said, this isn't worth it anymore. I'm getting 20 bucks in tips a day when I used to get 100. And then it was, and then I was getting, I, was, I wasn't being able to play golf. I couldn't bring all my friends to golf. It's like, that's what made me want to work there. That, and that's the kind of environment that I want to bring to the table to somebody working for us. Like, like yeah, like go, you got to take a phone call? Like, go take a phone call. We'll, we'll pick up your slack here. Or, oh, you need like, you need, you need an advance on your pay for rent? Like, yeah, I know you, you've been working your ass off here. Or, or Christmas bonuses. Yeah, we'll take him to, like, we took, Tommy to, we took Tommy out last year to, we're going to do it again this year. We took him to a uh, Celtics game for Christmas. I know, Celtics prices are crazy. Yeah, that's fine. The whole night was on us, and we just, like, we just had a time all together. And it was like, up. But it was, mm. it, as much stories. as it was for us, it was for him, though, because he's been, he took a chance on us. We want to make sure that. Like we're, he wants to stick around. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, it's not like it's not just like, oh, Tommy showed up to work and show up to work like and then go home. Like we're not ever talking again. Like yeah, yeah. It's like no, like, we want to be part of it. We want to be. Yeah, it's, right it's now we have all though, our man. friends working for us and we're all family now. But it's like I want to hire random people that then become our family too. Yeah, yeah. Because you never know, you're like someone you hire, like you know, like think about like at Salvatore's, like you know they they hire you. I don't know if you knew anybody going in there, but like. You know, they hire you. They see how good you are. And, like, obviously things have changed over there now. But, like, at the time, you know, you were, like, a guy in there. And then they bring in all your friends. And they bring in Mike. And they bring in all his friends. It's, like, you can really start to build, like, 
their network. If you find someone you and, trust, find their. And like, the other thing is, too. the reason that all happened at Sal's was because it was a spot that, like, whoever was working in there, Tommy, say Tommy referred me, like, he enjoyed his time there at the time. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? He liked what he did. He made good money. He was taken care of. He got fed free food. Then he's like, yo, Palmer, come work. And I was like, all right, word. And then I liked what I did. And it just, like, trickles down. And then all of a sudden, you have 25 people applying at your restaurant. And you have 25 reliable people that are ready to so work hire, also. Hiring is the toughest thing. But I, uh, we actually did, like, a training in our, uh, like, for my work. Like, I just, I do sales. So it's a little different, obviously. Because, like, we're always thinking, like, all right, dude, how does this relate to me? driving business you know but uh they sat us down they had us do a whole like two-day training on customer service which is kind of like against what we do because like if we care too much about the customer (laughs) we ain't gonna we ain't gonna drive no business because like you just wouldn't call someone randomly in the middle of the day if you cared that much whatever but that's just how it is but when it comes to that stuff it's like saying um they asked what's the what's the biggest barrier to having like great service and i we all thought like hiring it's like, well, you don't really know who you're hiring. Yeah. And they're like, you know, as, as true as that seems, you can hire someone that's pretty good and they can either go one way or the other. That's on you. So yeah. it's like you need to make sure you're training them to, to, to feel this way. Build the culture to where that's the only thing that's acceptable. Yeah. And they won't do it otherwise. And, like, that's a huge – like, the training and, and uh, culture is, like, 70%. And the hiring is just, like, the other 30, if yeah. that. You know? And I think uh, – that was pretty eye-opening because sometimes you think it's like, oh, we hired the wrong guy. It's like, hey, maybe your training's got changed, yeah. you know? Like, you guys have a culture so easily. Yeah, Tommy's the balls, and he was your friend. He was going to do the work. We knew that. But, like, culture put him in the right direction. It's just you guys grinding them on the fucking truck. You yeah. love it so much. And that's like your training is just, like, super one-on-one. Makes sense he ends up being the balls. Exactly. You know, and, and Murph. Same thing. He's going to be the same and thing. That's what we're going to continue to do. And yeah, do that with everybody. Even if it's not to, your friend. You yeah, yeah, exactly. Sure. And to relate it to another book that I read, Extreme Ownership by John Are you? Are you this guy's a fucking savant. <laughs> to relate it to another book, Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink. Basically, that book's about he takes his military training and he was a leader in the military. And it's like he's got people's lives on his line every call he makes. And it's like he will never blame anybody else for somebody getting for somebody dying or for somebody doing something in the in in during war and like it's just about take it's like how did i mess up for that to happen because it's like you can you hear people all the time and i hear people that are successful and like all like all this this person just screwed me like it's like they they did this to me and this and it's like you're playing that victim mindset when like, what you you're. Do? It's like a lot of the brainiacs that do that too. It's like they think that they have everything down to a T, and right. it's like everyone else's fault if something goes wrong. But what he does in in that book, he has a company now. I forget the name of it off the top of my head, but he goes to big Fortune 500 companies, smaller companies, and they pay him to do workshops. And they he finds who like he finds the weak links in the company, and he trains people on like extreme ownership. It's like. The higher you are up and the more responsibility you have, you have to take ownership over the people that are below you. Like, if Tommy does something wrong or if anything, it's not his fault. We didn't teach and, him the Unless right he specifically right. had a vendetta against us and someone did. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But it's like, if he did, if he doesn't do something right, it's either we didn't give him a descriptive enough, we didn't give him enough detail on what to do. We didn't. We didn't show him the right way. We didn't provide maybe, him with the right maybe tools. Maybe he maybe he was trying to go out and do it himself without asking us, and then. Um, 
he he messed something up or it's like that's another that's that's on you again because it's like you yeah. gotta make sure that you're clear that you can come to us with anything is 